Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Comfort Free Conversations, and we're here to undo everything you think you know. Yeah, so for everyone coming in, this is Roy Truth um, from Melanated Talks. Um, I'm excited to have him. Um, Welcome, you guys. Welcome to another episode of Comfort Free Conversations. Um, He's co-hosting with me today as a guest. Um, I check out his show, Awesome Content. I love his mind. I love how he thinks, and I'm excited to hear his thoughts about our topic today in particular. So I just opened the stage for, for my guy, Roy Truth, here. Hey, thanks for having me, man. So, right. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the, today, so we, we got this this kind of triggering label, uh, the problem with Generation Z. Like, you, you could provoke a lot, of, um, a lot of angry people with that, particularly since the generation that is up and coming uh, in today's society is Generation Z, at least for the time being. Um, do you even know what the future first? Let's just just a little small talk. Do you know what the future generations will be called? I don't. Well, you kind of ran out of the alphabet. What are they going to do? Alpha or Omega or something next? Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was going into Alpha by by my own research, and I mean, it's it's gonna it's it's always isn't it just the same thing over and over again? I mean, we get older, we look at the 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 younger folk, and we say there's a there's a a, a imbalance of understanding from either side. I mean, I think that's the mm. universal cycle. You, you think? Like cycle. Yeah, I mean, I think I would agree with you. I think we, like, there's always when the next generation comes, there's going to be uh, some pros and cons like coming out of the previous one, like, well, things that they're doing well. But I think, I don't know, I think there's this overall, I would say, improvement or development um, or sophistication or whatever that the previous generation was able to add to us or kind of leave us off with, if that makes sense. It gets pretty fuzzy. It gets pretty fuzzy within the last generation or so, I believe, because mm-hmm. if you think about, I guess I consider myself a millennial. And um, I, I think, especially those in their 30s, there's this mm-hmm. feeling of forgotten. There's this feeling of, okay, we were just left to prop up the rest of the economy and just do the work, right? Get the mm-hmm. get the like forget the the aspiring dreams that the that Generation Z were allowed to to jump into with the advantage of technology of being born into the technology that millennials or or the generation before were had, it was it was. It was something that we had to have a learning curve on, so it's a mm-hmm. it's a different reality on how the new generation or Generation Z will be looking back at us, and mm-hmm. how we can be able to bridge that gap, or if, if that gap, or can we notice the? Are we noticing right now the gap being widened by the technology that we're using? Everybody wants to. Everybody's is has the same knowledge capability we can all google stuff we can all look up stuff and we come up with our own uh definition of what's a fact and so mm-hmm. we don't really trust the the older folks anymore or the generation gaps between generations is like oh well, i know it why do you who gave you who gave you the ruling stick who made you mm-hmm. knowledge of all that is knowledgeable so we challenge <laughs> each other <laughs> and in with the one thing if and i hate saying Words like the problem, but I guess I, I'll play into the title. If we would look at a problem with Generation Z, it's the fact that that there is a a I guess if you want to count it as respect, if I put it on a broad stroke of what is trusted as inform as, as a trusted source. Do I trust what you're saying? Mm. Do I have to keep on asking you over and over again? Do I do I trust? And I think there's a, a, a ease to trust the social media spaces than the actual person. And then you'd have to prove yourself in, in said social media space. So I have a, I have, my fiance is generation Z. She's 24 and I am 33. So the natural thing that I notice between both of us is that how we take in our, our content, like, you know, mm-hmm. I was always in YouTube content. I was always a, a, a person who looked at tutorials and she takes in her content as I'm still trying to clarify it. It's just like this ease to trust just a random person who has a lived experience on YouTube that says, hey, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. I'm about to tell you how to cook kale or something like that. And then it's <laughs> an ease to believe that person over someone who's actually standing in front of you in the kitchen. 
Like that's do kind you of think, the first yeah. Do you do you think that has anything to do with this like uh hyper um inflated idea of independence? It ha- it it it, it mm, good point. I mean, I would go out on the limb and say it has somewhat of of a of a of a placement in there because everyone wants to well, I guess we all want to feel independence, but in reference to technology, in reference to to social media, there there has always been this urge for your to be your own person, to be the the boss of your own kingdom, to just I'm trying to think of all the the the, the wordplay that came over in the last five years that that kind of pushed and amplified this this like me me meanness, you know. Mm-hmm. But I don't. I think. Looking at it from someone who's who's not in a certain generation, it's always going to be looking that looked at as okay. They're being selfish, mm-hmm. without realizing. Yeah, there was there was a time when I was just as self concentrated, self centered, if you want to put it that directly. So, do you think as a generation, is it possible? And and I'm using this word objectively um, that we're a little bit more narcissistic because I'm Generation Z as well that we're a little bit more narcissistic than previous generations, or do you think not? I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. That word narcissist is a triggering word to me because I don't okay. going to lie. Dude, this whole week, this whole week, about two weeks now, I've been standing on edge because I know I have a feeling in my gut that I'm about to be called a narcissist. <laughs> like all week, bro. <laughs> all week. And, it's because, and it was specifically because my engagement with a particular person who has a familiarity, a familiarity of engaging with narcissists, right? Mm-hmm. And the more I realized that we were not having um, the same wave, we're not on the same page, the more I felt, oh my God, this person's about to call me a narcissist, right? Mm-hmm. So I have a weird understanding of what a narcissist is. Um, my understanding is it's somebody who, who doesn't have empathy and who mm-hmm. has more apathy. They more have a lack of care than anything um to, for somebody to be narcissistic means that they're carrying the characteristics of someone who doesn't care and what i've noticed a little bit outside of the generation z um the old uh, what's old what's older than a man, millennial what is it the the baby boomers gen or something X. like that no Next. it's uh the millennials gen Actually, the millennials may be, I think, I don't know. The millennials are either Generation Y or no. Okay, so it's Generation X, which is synonymous with millennials. Before the millennials is the baby boomers. And then after the millennials is Gen Gen Y. So before the millennials, we have the baby boomers. So looking from the baby perspective, or looking at the baby boomers from my perspective, I would see a lot of narcissistic tendencies from that direction. There was a lot of um, there was a lot of stereotypical uh, notions going around. There's a lot of predetermined notions going around in general. So I think it would be harder for that generation to to care in that sense. I think for generation from millennials to Generation Z. There mm-hmm. is this token war of understanding. I mean, coming from somebody in my thirties, um, I'm looking at this space as a as a millennial as man. They forgot about us. Like we didn't get a chance to shine. We had to do it on our own. So mm-hmm. there's a there's a sort of there's a sort of I don't know if it's resentment. A lot of my friends, I feel that kind of vibe too. It's kind of like yo, we. It's kind of like when you graduated from from high school and then you re- you came back to the cafeteria. And they did a major upgrade on the cafeteria and that feeling of, ah, oh, they had to do, they, they did that before I graduated, after I graduated. Ah, oh, they couldn't have done that while I was still there, like just missing out. So I think for millennials, especially when that FOMO word came out, that fear of missing out, we were mm-hmm. always encountered in this space of, I really want to be a part. So mm-hmm. I think the care factor going on between millennials and Gen Z, like we really want each other to understand each other. So, and can go ahead. Well. Yeah, I was just saying. Sometimes I don't really play out too well. Well, for the reason I ask is because, well, by definition, 
I mean, I don't think that narcissism, like not being a narcissist, but narcissism as a whole is not something that necessarily describes a person who does not care about others. It just specifically means that they pay a lot of attention to themselves. By definition, it's a a person who has an excessive interest or admiration of themselves. Um, And I think I think that. My I bad. think human no you're fine human nature as a whole I believe is narcissistic like it's not it's not necessarily in and of itself a bad trait you know if you have narcissism in doses right um everyone to some degree has narcissistic behaviors but an inflated sense of narcissism and then when you have the extreme version of that you have a personality disorder from the DSM-5 standard, which then you may begin to question if that person is a sociopath or if they care about people. But narcissism as a whole, I don't think necessarily has to imply a lack of compassion or a lack but of care. But it's, it's an excess of self, um, self-awareness. Is it not, not self-awareness, self-indul- is it self-indulgence? Uh, maybe preoccupation is a better word, an yeah. over-excessive amount of preoccupation. So the word over excessive is what tugs at me the most, because I think that that general generalization of someone who may be acting in a self reflective way, Mm -hmm. the person who might be looking at that person uh, and saying, hey, I think that's excessive. So you may be acting narcissistic. So I think that the word, the, the actual implication of who's narcissistic lies on the person who's observing the, the 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 quote unquote narcissistic act being played out on them or in front of okay them. okay that makes sense I mean so you're saying it's really subjective I mean I kind of feel like that that is true it is subjective but I think there's kind of ways to pay attention to like uh, self absorption in general like for example I think a lot of mental illness is directly tied to self absorption especially when you're talking about some of the most popular ones like anxiety and depression uh, have a lot to do with how much attention do we pay to ourselves? Like, do we hyper focus on our negative uh, qualities, right? Or um, negative, the negative things about us or the negative things in the surrounding environment that we're in? I think it's a soup. I think it's a mix of, of the, the person and their lived experiences because Mm -hmm. PTSD is a leading cause in mental illness, you know, Mm -hmm. actually just the trauma itself. And when you think of trauma, it might come from like a continuation of a stressor, right? So the Mm -hmm. stressor may not necessarily be someone who's, who's, well, the self-conscious person, right? The self, the person who grew up being, um, uh, having low self-esteem, it Mm -hmm. is, you look at it, a, a look into the a person's self, but it's not excessive. It's based on a trauma that may make them think less of themselves. Mm-hmm. So, in one in one degree, excessive is when you prop, you boost it up all the way up. Right. You're being excessive because you're pushing it out there. And then on the other spectrum, it's a regression where someone doesn't feel like they are enough, mm-hmm. and that that lack of confidence leads into actions that may make them want to boost themselves up and turn into a narcissistic behavior. I mean, it's just so weird how that, that the situations may turn into, turn into that one definition. It's just weird to, I, I want to find out how to pinpoint it as we go along. And is there, are there pinpoints to narcissistic, narcissistic behavior, behavior that we can see off rip that we can say, okay, that is definitely being obsessive. If we're taking, if we look at somebody's Instagram page and like 85% of it is selfies with duck lips, can we, can, can we kind of go, can we kind of go, okay, you're being, you, you're kind of showing the initial traits of narcissism. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I, hmm. so like you're saying, how do we objectively like view this thing that we're talking about and kind of come to a conclusion about it? Well, uh, one of the things that I would say is like how much of the ideas that they circulate are about them. Right. Mm-hmm. For example, if you're looking at depression and I like almost by definition, some of it has narcissistic behavior. And I, I think we should destigmify the word narcissist. Um, That's going to be hard. It is. But like people, I, one of the issues that I aim to tackle 
is to bring words back to their definition. It's very important that you pay attention because the, the, we have as many words as we do to express the subtle nuances of language, right? So there are ideas that we can only communicate with certain words, or it may just be that this word saves us having to say 20 other words to describe this scenario. So I think it's a, a, almost a crime to say this because it stops us from looking at certain things because we take certain offense to react certain ways to particular words. So for me, like part of if you're going to step into some more positive uh, mental health spaces and in, in a conversation like this, one, you're going to have to look at the negative traits that you contribute to the situation. And in terms of depression, one of them is an intense self preoccupation. And this is talking from a person who struggles with depression, actually. Like you, you hyper inflate, you know, uh, this preoccupation with self and you make yourself the most important thing. Like, for example, if your depression is triggered by failure, right? Mm -hmm. Your, your sense, this sense of failure, you control everything because you failed. The rest of your life is going to fall apart because you failed the people around you. Their lives are going to fall apart because you failed. There is no hope for this and you get in this very uninspired space and and maybe this is a certain type of depression that i'm speaking about but even still it over inflates your role in something and by definition almost it is narcissistic but that's not necessarily bad i'm just describing something i th i think that area where we're we're we just left off in the discussion just just recently when mm -hmm. the spectrum of of each extreme can that be looked at as, as like when I say the spectrum of the extreme, when you look at one extreme, the, the push, the amplification of oneself, the over amplification, the pride, I call that pride. When you're proud, okay. when you're pride in, in full effect, right? You lean closer to that narcissism effect. When you're, when you're, it's not even ego no more. When I think about depression, when I think about trauma, when I think about things like um, PTSD and mental health, that mm -hmm. decline in theme um i'm i mean that's what that's why i think it's called depression but it's what what does it affect like it's not your ego it's not your pride that gets hit when you're depressed it's literally your mm -hmm. whole self-worth that gets a a, a a a big hit to it and i think okay. the opposite the opposite side of the spectrum it's it's now a different type of over over um excess of, of self it's literally People, that's why it leads to suicide because it's not pride doesn't want to kill itself. Pride literally wants to push wants to grow to and inflate inflate itself. Yeah, inflate inflate and be a big just unsatisfied ball. But depression and everything on the other spectrum wants to just completely not be here. We really that that, that type of form that, that's that's self sacrificing. That really to me leads more of a pathway to empathy because for me personally, when I went through my, my bout of depression and my bout of trying to challenge who I was, when I really stripped myself down to my base self, I guess mm -hmm. I was left with empathy as a byproduct, the ability to kind of like come to this full, this, 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 all right. I've, 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 I really got to the point where I really don't like myself this much. So now what mm -hmm. I'm left with is open space where i can empathize with somebody who may be even in that same space or and i think i mean i never got i've never got depressed and got bitter i've I, i've got i've got i never got depressed and got bitter at somebody else i've got i've got depressed and got bitter at myself well actually uh just to, just to tease you a little bit i think that's a little bit of a narcissistic view here's why i say that because you're it kind of presupposes that everyone has an experience similar to yours and i'm just teasing you just I know you know I practicing trust. using the word. I, I took a deep um, breath and I knew it was going to <laughs> But but we are all susceptible to it. I am. I do it. I am, am some. And here's what I'll say. And the reason I'll say this: I've gotten depressed because I was bitter. There's been examples mm -hmm. where of I had a complicated upbringing and I was bitter towards my mother, and that bitterness sent me into a depression. I didn't want to be bitter. I didn't want to be upset. But there were just some things that. I was going through the process of 
of, of forgiving. Um, and, and so I think a reaction could be that a person becomes empathetic because they've been through this circumstance and they understand other people who go through it. But that's not necessarily the case. That's not necessarily mm. what happens. But- Remember that um that anxiety uh part that may lead to a to a narcissistic behavior. Well, I think the so, narcissistic behavior would lead to anxiety, not the other way around. Uh, or I mean, maybe okay. both ways. So let me know if this is narcissistic behavior. If I wanted to pop those bubbles and play a message because I really mm-hmm. am anxious about hearing what the people have to say, would you consider mm-hmm. that narcissistic? No, not necessarily. I'm not saying that it has to be the case, but I'm saying it's definitely evidenced in the experience. If you look up clinically things about depression and anxiety, you will see links to narcissistic traits, not narcissism. Mm, okay. So can I can I enact on a on a bit of a narcissistic trait? <laughs> you want to <laughs> pop some bubbles? <laughs> I'm a pop a bubble. Hi there, Comfort Free. Hi, Roy Truth. Um, what year do you have to be born in to be Generation Z? Generation that is a Z. great question. I love that English pronunciation of the letter Z, because when I grew up in Jamaica, that was something that I always said. I used to say WXYZ. And then when I came to the US, um, it was Z. People looked at me strange because I was saying Z all the time. They thought I was so, trying to reference a power. A, a what? They a thought you were trying Ranger. to reference it. <laughs> you know, the back of the day, the Power Ranger. Yeah, that, that was my goal. I'm definitely a Gold Ranger person. You know, that special episode where he comes in once every blue moon. Telling you, either the white, the, what, what, yeah, all that is a whole different rabbit hole. <laughs> but um, to answer her question, Generation Z is anyone who was born after 1997. In the after year 1997 or an after? So my fiance is born in when? December twenty fourth, nineteen ninety. Six days before nineteen ninety seven. Six days before is she like on the cusp of Z? Yeah, she's she's in that weird. That's a technicality. I would definitely include include that into into the category of Generation Z. We're not going to exclude you. Um, you can have, you can have half feelings. She can have half of the of the uh, feelings of of uh, what you what you trying to crap on. I was basically born in nineteen ninety seven. Yeah, pretty much, basically, <laughs> yeah, literally into the new into the year. Okay, we got one more. Let me let me do a pop. I think um, many narcissistic people um, they have tendencies of lying or exaggerating about their lifestyle. They exaggerate, and yes, it comes from having a low self esteem. Um, and they're just seeking so much attention from others. So it's it's pretty obvious. All right. I would Diana, have to agree think, with her. Yeah. So I, I wanna I wanna look at and or engage in conversation from my spectrum. I think when you're having a depressive, uh, uh self-deprecating type of action, um, mm-hmm. it's hard for me to believe. And to actually come to terms of that being linked with narcissism, because I'm still seeing narcissism as that inflation of self with um, depression for me and and those negative feelings of self that comes to self deprecation. Um, mm-hmm. I, I taken away of self. You want to you want to downplay yourself so much that you you don't want to be sometimes alive. It's a complete contrast, but it's the same. It's the same set centered around self like it's just exactly so maybe a better word for it is not necessarily well it still is appropriate but a substitute for that word would be egocentricism egocentric Mm. centered around self see the problem is i think we're limiting the word inflation as like you think of yourself in a good light it doesn't mean you think of yours. It doesn't think you think more of yourself. For example, there was a definition of humility versus uh, 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 pride that I personally subscribe to. And the definition was that um, humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's not thinking less of who you are. It's not demeaning yourself. It's thinking about yourself less, right? You're not the center of intention and you're not the sole focus of importance importance is 
an objective word. It doesn't have to be a good experience or, or a bad one. You can be the most important thing and be Hitler. Hitler was extremely important, <laughs> but um, for, yeah, in historical you know, narrative. So of course, of course, when we draw lines to Hitler, we're drawing lines to an obvious narcissist in history, someone whose um, inflation of self made him feel like he was he he had to be the one to 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 enact this great change. But what happened um, to Hitler in the end? Uh, he died, right? He committed suicide. Ah, there you go. He committed mm. suicide. Is it because he did not reach that great? attainment it's not like he was going up to and saying i'll kill all jews and maybe myself he, he it felt like he came to that end after he failed in his great attainment and that that loss drove him into the depression that switched him all the way to the opposite side of the spectrum i mean so personally i always say this in every conversation so i come from a christian background so uh, I subscribe to a lot of scripture. And so personally, as you say, pride wants to grow and inflate itself. I, I totally agree with that. And I would go further to say that pride comes before a fall. So it's it's growing itself to lead you up to this major cliff to where it's a really long fall. So I personally so think have... that along no, sorry, the way that I, I personally think that along the way you see a lot of uh, mal like like false practices of mental health like you'll see some very uh malignant if i guess is a good word to use mental health practices in prideful people you like for example i can approach a prideful person and then and then after this we should change subject to get to steer back on course of, of the conversation it's a good yeah it's a good intro to the z because that actually is a good foundation because that understanding of where we laid our pride and ego versus mm -hmm. where we we the spectrum of the of, of triggers traumas and depression how mm -hmm. that can kind of lay the land of the issues if you want to call them problems between generations specifically for a focused generation of the talk mm -hmm. generation absolutely so so i think going back to um kind of what i was talking about actually let me if i can resume my train of thought so no I actually forgot my train of thought. It literally vanished. <laughs> it was there and then it was gone. <laughs> uh, can you... I, I, you want me to help you jog it? Yes, man. Yes, please. Okay. I remember you were saying um, in reference to how uh, the I was talking about this, the, the spectrum of narcissism from, from mm -hmm. the inflated self. And you said in reference to your upbringing religiously, pride mm -hmm. comes, comes before a fall. And right. So, so okay. Gotcha. So like you when you you kind of climb up this staircase of inflating your ego and yourself and then until you reach this massive fall, if you pay attention to someone that you accuse of being prideful, their direct uh, their direct re uh, response will be no, I'm not. And they'll give you an insecurity that they have. So personally, isn't by, that, defi by definition, by definition to me. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. <laughs> My bad. I was just excited because I was like, isn't that the defensive chase pro process that I, I I was telling you about on Arthur? The other day, absolutely. <laughs> this and to and to the new audiences who've never heard this term, the defensive chase, uh, would you describe it for them? So uh, I define a defensive chase or something I coined over the last month of this reaction to a trigger. So if someone's triggered by a statement that was said to them, they have this instant reaction to actually separate themselves verbally from that thing. So for white people, for or Caucasian counterparts, as you call them, if you say the word racist and a white person is triggered, they would all automatically say, no, 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 I'm not a racist, and give you examples to con uh, to, uh, to the contrary. And as to, to, to affirm what you're saying, Comfort, that mm -hmm. that could also play into their own insecurities. They're giving you examples that, that, that relay their insecurities, which is right. that, part of it absolutely and I, I completely agree with you so my point is saying that is the presence of insecurity does not mean the absence of pride i actually always think that they are linked the presence of insecurity often leads to the presence of more uh pride and i think it's this feedback loop that they feed into one another and they grow one another let's take a, i always give the example of a basketball player so you have a basketball yeah. player 
he hates everything about himself except for his ability to play basketball. So he spends all of his time getting good at basketball until, and so he's the man, he's confident. He has all of this stuff because he places all of his self-worth in this skill. But then someone comes along who's better than him at basketball. And all of a sudden you see this ma major crash. You see this fall because the insecure, because someone was better than him and his self-worth was conditional on him being the best. Someone came and was better than him. And so what does he do? And he trains more. He, he influences his skills more and he gets more prideful. Right. And then as a result, someone's going to come and be better than him. And as a result, his insecurity is going to grow again. And so you just kind of have this back and forth narrative until a crash will inevitably happen. That's a, that's a very specific circumstance that I see a lot of, I like to call loopholes in it, right? Okay. The fact that the person who decided through their insecurity that they mm -hmm. had to focus in on self um, to inflate their pride, right? Mm -hmm. um, gives me pause because when that person saw another another you know, challenge some someone that was able to to show them their lack of press, right? Mm -hmm. It once again challenged them back into insecurity. I'm still trying to figure out where pride was made evident because usually, to me, pride is an exertion, an amplification of self. Usually, when we say we are proud, we want to talk about it. So, if this person who was uh, who was who who didn't think of themselves, who 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 had low self esteem boxed them itself up in a corner and then got their skills is what they did once they got this amplification of self. If they took that pride, proud prideness and they overexerted it. If they mm -hmm. went to the freaking middle school and to the to the um to the uh what you call it to the 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 boys and girls club and start dunking on five year olds, then mm -hmm. <laughs> then you talk about an egocentric person because they're they're taking their amplification of self and they're they're running with it. They're going unnecessarily with it now if a, if somebody if that same person was who was um who was going through self-conscious low self-esteem built themselves up got the skill and then was challenged by someone right it's what they do after that that always matters the next step so the example you gave me kind of pinpointed how their ego was present which makes me feel that that person always had an ego and the reason why they they were in the gym shooting in the gym it was not because they felt low self-esteem is because somebody checked that same ego some point and they felt they needed to be in the gym working on their ego so that's absolutely true but i don't think that ego narcissism pride and and low self-esteem are mutually exclusive you don't have to simply be either insecure or prideful i really think I really go back to what I said, where both of them are present. Like, the, the, it kind of, to me, sounds like you're saying that your pride, there's no, I don't think it's possible. Well, maybe it is possible. I don't think it's likely that most people are prideful in every single area in their life, which means that the door is open for insecurity in those other places that they are not prideful in, right? So I think pride is often a defense mechanism against insecurity, I think people respond in pride because of insecurity, because they want self-worth, because they want value and they want to be important. So they seize and they grab onto something that helps them, you know, hold on to that. And sometimes it gets too inflated. You know, uh, hmm. I personally don't think a person's self-worth should be based off a performance. Um, but I can understand the need to look for self-importance if you don't value your own presence. Good point. All right, you want to take a, you want to pop a bubble? Yeah, let's do it. Yo, what's happening, Roy Truth, man? I thought I'd come in and say, say hi, yo. Hope you're doing good, brother. Hope you're doing good. Nice Ultimate to have Getty. you, Ultimate Getty. Yeah. Since we're talking about Gen Z, <laughs> that's what's wrong with Gen Z. <laughs> well, good, that, good, good of her to say that. Let's let's transition back into the main um, subject and how okay, this kind of so, relates. So let's, so let's close. Yeah, let's close this out and go into Gen Z. So we're looking at actions, and I think the word narcissistic and narcissism to me, the the 
the vibrational change for me is when narcissism is aligned with self-deprecation. To me, it's hard for me to grasp like self-deprecation, someone who doesn't feel good about themselves, low self-esteem, to jump into that lane of narcissism because narcissism for me is all about the 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 over positive amplification of self. Like you think too much of yourself. You have a big head. You you know that the, the terminologies people say. And I'm hearing us have the dialogue, and we we can jump back into it. But let's use the Generation Z. Uh, 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 catalyst to look at how we view narcissistic behavior. You want to? You want to? You think that would be a good way to flush this this uh, this whole thing out? You know, it's interesting that you bring up that point. If you look up that word actually in in um, the web browser, you will see a drastic, almost exponential increase in people's interest in the idea of narcissism. Um, so people are in in, nar- in in what being a narcissist or identifying narcissists around them identifying narcissists around them and just identifying the word. I think it's, it's, it's important because it's a growth in the field of mental health in general. Like I said, because clinically speaking, I, it's directly tied. When you see uh, a, a psychologist will tell you, um, will tell you that when you see depression, you will see narcissistic symptoms. You will see that mm. present. It's, it's because what is, Let's let's think about mental illness. What is it? It's often a perversion in your reality or experience. It's something's not right in the way in your systems of viewing yourself and the world around you. You either are extremely afraid. You're extremely empty. You're extremely uh, upset. You're extremely displeased. You're like Mm. extremely on edge. It's it's and it's not in the lens that is meant to be in. Right. And so a lot of those ways, a lot of those false lenses come from a disproportionate lens of self, uh, over-obsession with self even. And going back to the definition, it doesn't have to be a positive view. It just has to be excessive. So I can then say that my first, uh, the first thing I'll put on the table as a problem, if if you put the statement a problem with generation z that they mm-hmm. there most likely is an influx of narcissism a narcissistic behavior and narcissists in generation z than there has been in any other generation really what what, like make, what makes said, you to say that like what what makes you make that observation and, and this is so good like, this is yeah i make that observation because over the last let's say 10 years right We've seen an in well. I'm, all right, let's. Uh, when was when was MTV Cribs? If you if you for a quick challenge, if I, anybody remember when MTV Cribs came up um, came across like this emphasizing of wealth and how much one has. I think it was around the the, the late nineties going into the two thousands when MTV Cribs kind of started popping off extra heavy, and around that time there became an influx of get this, get this, get it while you're young. This, this kind of like urge to, to be at the top and have this award, have this goal. And it kind of merged into, I think what a lot of people uh, start to comment about this, this wanting for award, this wanted for, for accreditation. And I mm-hmm. say that word lightly because I was about to say affirmation, but mm-hmm. I think it's a different, affirmation and accreditation to be accredited for something everyone wants to have the check beside their name everyone wants to be the 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 person the plug the this and that creates a influx a over influx of people who think extra heavy about themselves and especially at the same time we're having depression at a higher rate bullying in the classroom um just this 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 exchange of negative negative like relationships between like generation z amongst themselves so Mm. you have a lot of resentment a lot of wanting to get back at and a lot of push for success Mm -hmm. so looking at generation z everything after 1997 and looking at how information was consumed especially if you're looking at it from the us of a all we did was breed narcissists if you want to put it that way well, once again, by definition, not a narcissist, because everyone has narcissistic behavior. That doesn't necessarily make mm-hmm. them a narcissist, because how many, every... how many 
how many influencers came out of that Generation Z space versus versus previous? Once again, well, the availability. I, I completely of- agree with you that I think that like self absorption has definitely grown. I think the luxury to do so has grown. I think that like Generation Z has a, a lot of different oppressive factors that didn't exist, like like uh, over obsession with things that are going on in the news. There's a lot of injustice, and Generation Z is a generation that cares more about the injustices that are going on in previous generations um is it do you do you really think it's a care of or an amplification of wanting to be a part of because remember that the movement for pro for um for injustice can mm-hmm. be viewed as effective a person who really feels that that guilt of not, of wanting of, of feeling like they're part of the oppressive system may turn out just to be just to participate as a as a kind of superhero uh 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 characteristic trying to be the person who is is that an actual um i forgot the, the terminology when someone wants to actually go out and save the day all the time i mean those are those are those are current actual character characteristical traits that we see prevalent throughout generation z and and then once again i'm saying i'm not trying to make a broad stroke i kind of am yeah let me let me stand on my guns i'm making a broad stroke <laughs> that there's an impact in narcissist when it comes to generation z and that's what's one of the problem is this this there was this big focal point on self around that generation the the the, the late 90s into the early 2000s and all that was being sucked in you know from media and and engagement was this idea of self me, 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 I got to have it fast, me, me, me. And I think all it did was churn out more. And of course, yes, I agree. The narcissistic behavior can be prevalent. The, 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 the behavior of someone who could be tied to a narcissist. But I think literal narcissists was coming out of Generation Z more than previous generations. Well, like, I, can't, uh, I, want, I, I can't fact check that. you on that last part, but I definitely can agree with you with everything else that you said actually uh statistically generation z is the least likely to report very good or excellent mental health um Mm. there's a lot of stressing factors apparently there's been an increase in mass shootings in uh generation z or concerns with it um a rise in suicide rates uh we're more likely to be concerned with things like global warming and climate change um uh, and so these are just some some fun facts to kind of throw out there in the midst of this conversation uh, tell me, that I think. Tell me if, yeah, tell me if this is an average. Uh, uh, well, I'm just giving you off the top of my head based on a thought process based on someone from Generation Z, mm-hmm. um, someone who cares about global warming and then decide that that they in a state that doesn't have any type of regulation of you know recycling and stuff like that is going to wave the flag of 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 protest for the earth by themselves don't don't join any type of larger group but it's going to decide that by themselves they're going to they're going to do an action whether that whether it's deciding to go on in, on social media and talk bad about everybody who you know doesn't eat meat who eats meat or something like that the the mm-hmm. individual who decides to stand on the soapbox right okay and try social standards without actually putting in the work to be involved with a larger group that that actually gets the work done is a little bit more leaning to that narcissistic behavior and and i think that's definitely something that we see and i uh a person that i really like and i like to follow i haven't seen him in a while but his name is simon sinek or simon sinek i don't know how to pronounce that He's a motivational speaker, and he kind of talks about this kind of chain effect, right? So you have the baby boomers, which were kind of brutal to the genera- the millennials, right? And so the millennials are these people who have a hard time staying motivated if their work is not something that they feel is important to them, right? And so there's this, there's this, uh, this issue where um, everyone has to succeed, everyone has to do well, Right. And everything that you have to do is important that that kind of was beginning to be promoted. Um, and so that that was kind of the first thing. And the, also the, another big factor, especially with the uh, acceleration of technology is instant gratification. Right. So so now there is not like it's hard for them to stay inspired because they're used to getting reward very quickly. Right. They, they've never been in a place where the things that they do on the day to day basis are just a discipline. 
right? And not ne- the, the, you don't get to see the reward every day all the time. Sometimes it takes like five to 10 years. And compared to previous generations, this is something that they do better about, right? It was not so much of an obsession of, am I contributing to the world? I'm not saying that they didn't care to. I'm just saying that uh, it, was le- it was less emphasized as it has been in, in future generations. I agree with that. And let's take a message. Well, I don't want to get too personal, but I do feel like this can be helpful for some. Um, Growing up, I do believe that um, I was brought up by people with narcissistic traits. Um, And I do, I mean, being half African, half Caribbean, I do think that, um, well, being also the daughter of immigrants, it's just... um, they really came here wanting to be the best, you know, of their family. And their family had, um, how would I say this? They had um, high hopes for them. And they had, they really looked up to their children as to, you know, we're going to be the next, I don't know, presidents or like let me keep it going i don't know about the generation thing however i am the daughter of immigrants and i do believe that many people when they leave their country they they come very ambitious and um many people back home tend to put a lot of pressure in the ones that have left the country to um to succeed they believe that you know these are the success of successful individuals of the family and the kids like me first generation that's born here they put a lot of pressure on us to become and i think it's it's a sense of pride and they they become it's almost like an arrogance to the point that if you don't make it you can become depressed. Mm. That's good. Yeah, what came first, the uh, narcissistic child or the narcissistic parent? Um, I depend. I think that's that's a very hard question to answer. I do think that a lot the the increase in it has to do with this conditional love. I think uh, we don't uh, strive to achieve that. So we live in a generation and a day. Well, for, per, per example, this is a perfect example, black excellence, right? There is such a high emphasis placed on uh, blacks succeeding and doing well and being the best at what they do, right? There's a lot of weight for them to do that. And I think that has increased over time and I, uh, over the generations. And so I think Part of it is they like a need to feel that you're making an important contribution leading back to the conversation that we had earlier to feel that you have some inherent self-worth or value, that you're making a positive contribution. And if you don't have that, it could be likely that that's linked to uh, um, feelings of being unimportant or unappreciated or undervalued. We can also see that that link when it comes to other cultures, Uh, when you go to the the uh in reference to japan and asia stuff like that we see that same type of pressure for excellence based in the family in in the home but we also see a a cultural reference when it comes to the male figures and how the the male figures and and the women in the spaces are treated do you think and talking into the, the the immigration spaces we have to really look at the, the the bigger picture because we might not be talking about the same Generation Z across the board. They're, they might not be a monolith. So mm-hmm. so Generation Zer might have expressions that might be influenced by someone who's more, I guess, more. Well, you know, and that's another thing. Generation Zers are raised by a, a, a whole gap of a, a big gap. Some, you know, some are raised by their grandparents. And mm-hmm. maybe that's a generation for everybody who has different family like living situations. But we see in Generation Z more of a handover to the parent's parent or to another kin or the set that that whole separation of the home space. 
So maybe the another thing that I like to put out there in reference to quote unquote problems with Generation Z is the mm-hmm. lack of that stable household in reference to how it was previously. And I know there are examples of you know uh, uh, true love and 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 that that kind of connection that that lasts for you know years and years. But I'm just talking about how over time we've been seeing the breakdown of the home, the 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 complete misalignment of, of, of what it is to have a partner or just whatever that structure is that create the parent that, that turns around and, and gives the, the, the behavioral instincts or those little the traits off to the children. We have mm-hmm. to kind of look at that a little bit more than just, oh, what's wrong with you know, every person that's in their 20s between 20 and 25 mm-hmm. or 29, something like that. And that's true. I think that's a good point to make. I think that's something to be aware of and, and uh, cognizant of, you know, and I think going into going in deep, a little bit deeper into that, um, I think Generation Z is in this hosh posh of society where a lot of different things are being redefined, like on a regular mm-hmm. basis, like we're in the place. And I've said this previously where um and I'm not I'm not speaking against uh, female oppression, but we're in a day in complete in compared to previous generations where you're you're going to see more um, female women, uh, millionaires, female uh, people being wealthy. Right. Not to not to uh, dismiss the pink tax or things of that nature. But you're mm-hmm. so, for example, the when the male role has essentially for generations been being the breadwinner. And now that is kind of changing as we fight to normalize uh, equality, right? So not saying that we've completely come to there yet, but so that, that leaves opportunity for the male role to be redefined. Gender is being redefined. Females are being, are being redefined. Um, justice is, is being redefined. Religion, all of these big terms and a lot of terms within religion are being redefined in this space, in this place where, where Generation Z is fed up with uh, a lot of things that are unclarified, unaddressed. And so it's this big, massive, I think, confusion of kind of coming into terms of what these new things look like. Well, what like not, you know, a teenager typically goes through the space where they they make their own stances of what they think about things. I think as a society and generationally, we're kind of in this space where we're in that same questioning point. Like, what is the identity of America uh, what will I contribute to the identity of America and really forcing them to check a lot of things? Yeah. So, so far, let me recap. We have problem one with Generation Z that we have a lot of nar- influx of narcissistic behavior and to the point of an influx of actual narcissism um, more than we would see based on our societal standards of, of, of wor- self-worth over between like the, the late nineties into the two thousands, things like MTV cribs. Secondly, uh, we're, we were, uh, we were talking about, let's say we talked about that. And uh, the second point we can I think we have three points down so far. Um, narcissistic trends because the inflation of self is the same, but we do what you just said just now mm-hmm. is the third to me like the third actual pinpoint but let me take some messages so while i while i get my mind clear. and i be i totally understand you roy truth and also comfort free yeah definitely um arrogance can definitely develop into depression over exaggeration of pride can bring um I love, it when people in thought. I love it when we leave people in thought. Let's get a few more. Roy, comfort. What's going on? This is the Renaissance. I'm just chiming in. I'm sure you went through a great deal of information. My apologies for the absence. I'm looking at the title, however, the problem with Generation Z. Um, I'm not a Generation uh, Z uh, participant, if you will, so I can't really uh, comment on the problems that's going on with that generation I can tell you uh, what I see. Um, I am seeing a uh, structure. Uh, It could be some improvement as far as the structure is concerned. Um, You know, uh, personal development. But, you know, that's all subject to, you know, how they're taught also. So, 
you know, uh, good teachers, uh, usually going to translate to good students. So, but yeah, this is a great topic. Uh, Generation Z, I believe that's between 97 and the mid 2000s. Yeah. Hey, peace. Minnesota. I Thank you, Renaissance. I got it. So the first one is the influx of narcissistic behavior, even narcissism or narcissists. Narcissists. The second one is the destabilization of the home, right? Mm, and the third, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Uh, and the third man. I, every time, every time I get that second one, the other one that you just said. The the last one was in reference to the almost, redefining, redefining a yeah, lot of definitions. Yeah. A lot of the redefining of things. So things are being redefined and there's no clarity. Yeah, that's what I mean, clarity. So there is narcissistic, narcissistic behavior, um, no home structure, no definite mm -hmm. home, the, the, the family structure. And then there is no clarity in reference to where to put your, your, your trust in. I call that cognitive dissonance. So we, mm. have a, we have an example of cognitive dissonance that's a problem specifically. What do you think about those first three? I think, okay, so the only one that I would uh, challenge is the one where you said uh, increase in narcissism. I think the only reason that I would challenge that is because the tools and the advancement of things such as psychology and awareness of it, because it still is a highly debated thing, even in the field of uh, mental health, right? It's maybe it's just that the tools that we've had to assess it have grown. For example, if we're I, I, one of the observations that I've made about the generation is that there is a much deeper sense of self-awareness or uh, 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 wanting to be more self-aware than previous uh, generations, in my uh, opinion. you got to realize that things like the amount of time that we have to necessarily spend working is not the same to get the same rewards. Like manufacturing has changed a lot of that. Like, so, so as a society, and this is over a large span of time that I'm talking about, we have a lot more time to contemplate than previously, right? People had to do things throughout the day in order to uh, get the same things that we get through the advancements of technology, right? So part of that instant gratification has freed up some time to kind of delve into some things. So yep. go ahead. I, I was saying the only thing I would use to support my 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 uh, statement in reference to that first uh, in, in in the influx of narcissism and narcissists mm -hmm. is in reference to that same technology technological advancement. When we came down to the social media age, we started to see a boom in such references. Um, we started to see a boom in how we talk to each other, in how we bully each other, in how we even. Uh, uh, categorize each other, right? We really jumped right into it because of that 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 advancement in technology, and I mm -hmm. think it literally created. Uh, uh, and if you want to talk about the tools, the biggest tool, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna take this message going into it. The biggest tool, in reference to 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 the to the vision of narcissism and the advancements advancement of it over time is Donald Trump in America. He <laughs> had a hand. He had a hand in everything visual and his narcissism amplified other narcissists that then taught their kids and showed their kids how to be narcissists, showed their kids how to not care and only care for themselves. We've seen it. We've, we've seen it in the news and we've seen it in our own social media spaces. And especially for Generation Z, it was an influx of it. We literally had to had to teach people how to be nice again. So the only way, the only thing that I would challenge that with is he didn't necessarily magnify narcissism. He simply exposed how much of it was already there, right? But I isn't, think isn't I magnification exposure kind of like in hand in hand? I would, I would. It gets a little, uh, I guess, a little conflated because if you, I magnify something, I'm making it larger. We could say if I magnify something, there's more of it there. Uh, and adding something is is exposure too like at, at, at directly beam a beam of something to contrast it the exposure of something so he was able to be both the exposure and the, the complete amplification of narcissism well, so kind of why i mentioned the point earlier and then we could take some comments that kind of what i mentioned earlier about um uh, the whole my explanation about self-awareness in this new generation or a preoccupation with being more self-aware 
is that maybe previous in previous generations, people had just as much uh, mental anguish or mental disorder or behavioral disorder as we did. It just wasn't as well defined or focused on, which is kind of this stigma that if you pursue mental health resources, that you're weak, right? I think that's where that ideology came from, because in previous generations, it wasn't emphasized uh, or as a necessity or, or something that was needed. It doesn't mean that, for example, narcissism wasn't still thriving. I would argue that potentially and not I'm not saying absolutely, but potentially it could mean that there were more narcissists in the past because they had to have other coping mechanisms uh, for survival. Right. Um, but not as fast and as big as the Internet. That's true. The internet does open a lot of doors and a lot of things. So <laughs> I will say that much. Let's take a right. message. I think part of the problem that we have with this debate of the generations and why the next one is worse, this is a debate that has been going on since the days of Socrates in ancient mm -hmm. Athens, where they described their the generation after them as lazy and a no work ethic and disrespectful. Mm -hmm. So this is something that has happened since humans could think, right? And could question and really go into deep debate. And, and it does come from what we teach. And as a society and the access to information that we have uh, with technology advancing, we are no longer in control necessarily in what children can be taught in the sense of what's right, what's wrong. And just the idea of thinking itself, like people don't know how to think anymore. People don't know how to question their reality. Nah, I'm Steen. I gave a follow for that. That was dope. Yeah, I, I definitely like gave a follow for that. That was some good, that was some good dialogue there. Uh, you said a lot let's of interesting keep, things. Yep, let's keep it going. Now, what I just said was a paraphrase, and I was just trying to be quick with the one minute I had. Uh, I, I understand that the, it, there is some flawed reasoning because it can't be explained in full. Another one. What do you think about synchronicity? So I was watching something about um, <clears throat> sacred geometry and how everything like ties into each other and whatnot with the numbers, space, time, and all of that shit. I think that may tie into cognitive cognitive dissonance as well because, um, man, it just goes into too much shit, man. But I'm gonna just go and say this. About um, I think I I'm not sure if I'm misinterpreting what you were saying, but um, a lot of the stuff they have out here as far as vocabulary is is wrong because they redefine things. And if mm. you go back and look at like probably the Hebrew text and the first text of like the people that actually spoke the first languages, you find the real meanings. <laughs> you feel me? Like shit that would like you know help you in court and shit. I, I think that's true. That Definitions change yeah. over time in society. So that's that's absolutely true. Um, and that's why we that have to study. Oh, my bad. That's I said that leans with our cognitive dissonance. Talk. That, that thought of cognitive dissonance being one of the most important issues with mm -hmm. Generation Z that supports that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't I don't I don't know necessarily about the I've heard of divine ge geometry um, and like how like, for example, how things like the golden ratio appear all over society and things like that. So, um, or sacred geometry. Um, so I've heard of those topics, but just to kind of stay um, on the, on topic of what we're, we're talking about, you know, I think you're absolutely right about uh, words being redefined and that playing some type of role in it. Um, maybe some etymology, you know, the study of words. Um, that's why we have that because things do change translation over the generations as language evolves with as long as 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 alongside of us. Um, so, I mean, that's yep. that's potentially true. Let's take some more. Let's, yeah, let's take some more. Like, for instance, bonds and traffic and stuff like that. We think traffic is stuff like, you know, um, well, like a traffic jam and shit like that. But it had a very different meaning and a bond and all of that stuff has very different meanings in a court proceeding. And I'm pretty sure they have very different meanings in a, like Hebrew texts and shit like that. And you feel me? 
abstract you went way abstract but i feel you though this is kind of directed towards abstract minds comment and he had mentioned something about vocabulary and i think this needs to be said and uh, and truly understood that words limit our reality right in the Mm. sense of words were created to describe feelings thoughts ideas or other things so words truly can't express reality Because reality is ever-changing, just as thoughts and ideas do, just as evolution did with humans, or if you don't believe in evolution, you know, there's multiple things that can be flawed by using this sense of what is intelligence and what is wisdom. Because wisdom, I think personally, is what we seek is what is good. And at its core, what is good? is the ultimate truth. And the ultimate truth is the essence of good. I would agree with that. I like what he said at the end. I think the essence of what is good is whatever the ultimate truth is. I definitely agree with that. Now, do I agree I, that words may not necessarily... Uh, I would have to challenge that because you're, what you're using as evidence to say that words are not sufficient uh, to, to capture an idea is that... Uh, the world is changing and so are words. That doesn't necessarily, I don't think that's a strong enough basis to say that, but I, I can agree in a certain context that um, when you have, um, that you cannot capture perfectly the complete thought that a person may have. A word is just a container to, to transport an idea or a thought that was in your mind. You, you cannot perfectly capture that entire idea and give it to someone and give them the same mental imagery and thought processes and chemical reactions that you had to think that, but I can get close to replicating it enough for you to understand or to pass along um, my thought. Okay, that's the end of this episode. If you like this kind of content and or just want to support me in what I'm doing, you can go to the entire video at Stereo.com slash comfort underscore free. Or you can support me on my Patreon page, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash comfort free conversations. That is P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash comfort free conversations. Thanks and catch you next time.